That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Manchester City went north to Newcastle and dropped points as they drew 2-2 thanks to John Joe Shelby getting a late goal to seal Newcastle a point. Liverpool won 2-1 after a great start with two goals and two assists from Virgil van Dijk and Trent Alexander-Arnold, respectively, who made it nervy as Allison was sent off and Liverpool immediately conceded. The game still finished 2-1, as Liverpool are now undefeated in 31 consecutive Premier League games. The Spurs' run under Mourinho continues as they won 3-2 over Bournemouth. Deli Alley man on fire. Harry Wilson, however, pulling two back to make it a little interesting for Bournemouth. Chelsea's run was ended this weekend when they lost 1-0 at home to West Ham. We'll dig in deep with that one. And on Sunday, Arsenal and Freddie Lundberg were not able to get all three points as the winless run continues at the Emirates. They drew 2-2 with Norwich and Aubameyang Grace not able to get all three points with the Gunners. Manchester United drew with Aston Villa at home 2-2. Villa able to take the early lead. United clawed back before blowing the lead and, like I said, final score 2-2. And Leicester losing 1-0 to Everton before Jamie Vardy and a late Ianacho goal sealed it as the Foxes continue to remain second place in the Premier League table. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got the whole gang around here again on a Sunday night. We've got a busy week because we've got the Premier League midweek. Let's say hello, everybody, to Alex Moss and Javier Arevalo. What's up, guys? That was good, Andrew. You reminded me of uh, a few pods ago when I was like, Oh yeah, Arsenal never never dropped points, home points, two games in a row. And now it's been like four or like three or four games now that we've dropped home points. Yeah, it's not not a good time, guys. Not a good time. But yeah, football wise, it's it was a pretty good week. We had a lot of a lot of like fun games. We're into the magic yeah. hour. We're into we're into the most magical time. Yeah, of the I year love this for, time. For just like in the sense, you get two games a week. Yeah, there's games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So it's like we have footy pretty much almost every day. Right, and there's the we'll get Mondays and Friday games. There's literally going to be a game on every day, which is the best. But it's really tough for us to try to keep up and keep the content moving. So just stay, you know, look out for you know, bet blogs. Look out for other posts here and there. Follow the Instagram and the Twitter at Ghost Gold Pod at Andrew Pissarro, at asmos ninety two at Javier Rev nine. Let's get right into it because I want to try to keep this bad boy under an hour. Newcastle, they take a couple points off Manchester City on a scale of one to ten. How surprised were you guys of this? You can't. Ten. You can't say ten. No, you can't say nine. ten after last nine. year. After last year, they they beat them last year. Yeah, I mean, it was a far better Manchester City team. They would have than... learned their lesson, and they had De Bruyne in this one. I don't know. It it also felt like once they scored, City went up two one. You thought, oh, okay, yeah, like City are up. They're going to maybe score a third now, and it's going to be a 3-1 win for, for Man City. And It was automatic reactions both times. To be times. fair to Newcastle, yeah, they just immediately put their head down and created a chance or two. And, I mean, to be fair, they converted the, 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 the one or two chances they got in that game. 
Um, but they defended super, super well, and they've been a really hard team to beat. They haven't been really blown out this season. Um, yes, they have. At, at Leicester, they lost five nil. Oh, five. It was exactly. looking. It was yeah. looking really dire for them for like a sh- like a short period to start the season. But it looks like they've kind um, of righted then, the ship a little bit. Yeah, just ever since then, they've just been taking a big dump over all of us picking them to get relegated. <laughs> Like, didn't we all have them to get relegated? Yeah, we all had Maybe them two and out Sheffield, of three of us. And like yeah. Sheffield's not getting relegated. All right. All right. Liverpool not getting relegated. Kind of probably calling it now. Like I don't think Congrats. Sheffield's getting relegated. They play way too well. Like uh, they're probably not going to just stop stop playing sh- like complete shit mid season. Yeah, right. You, you never know, Javier. I, I I've mentioned the uh, the second season adjustments before for Sheffield. I love Sheffield, but it, that's still a threat. I'm used to the point with Newcastle specifically now where I've seen enough of them against like uh, enough good teams, like the top half of the table and the top four, uh, where even if they do go on a run like over Christmas or later in the season where they don't win in, for like five games, I'm still pretty confident they can put together like a five-game stretch after that where like they'll stave off any sort of like relegation threat. So congrats to Newcastle. Our City out of but, the title race? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes. I think yes. so. I, it, I think they are. I came to that. I came to that I conclusion think they this are, weekend. Too. I think they're not good enough defensively, and they're gonna they're gonna drop I've more been points to shit teams. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, have Manchester City become the Liverpool of a couple years ago? That's really good against all the good teams, but then drops points against the shitty teams. Have we just officially changed? Places? I think like. I don't know. No, because they lost to you. The team's kind of going to be in transition now, I think. I think not buying a center back has been massive. They're going to have to go dip in January, buy a center back, get some depth there, and just hope live and pray Liverpool drop points the second half of the season. Cause, but I think right now they look like they're out of the title race. They're probably they're obviously not out of it officially. It's January, but... They're 11 points behind. December. Sorry, it's December. December. But we're but coming, yes. in, you know, coming into this part yes. of the year, into Christmas time. It's basically Liverpool have a lot yeah. of games, dude. Like we have the Champions League, we have, we have the Club World Cup, we have like they're still in the League Cup. They could, who knows? Maybe the U23s pull off the miracle and beat Aston Villa. I'm not crowning us champions yet. Or I'm not saying that Manchester City are out. Like we've seen, it's this is the Premier League. We've seen crazy. Well, no, shit. it's obviously Leicester City are the the actual challengers now. Like yeah. They're the only ones yeah. you we'll can get to them. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I called will, them. But... I called that a couple weeks ago. I announced them into the title race. Sorry, I had that. Well, I mean, I I, I called it at the beginning of the season, Javier. Don't you remember? You uh, got angry at me after the podcast. The dark horse. You know, oh, yeah, that was that was. We can good... go. We can go release. We can go release the tapes. Yeah, yeah that was a good call. That was a good call. Alex. Let's move on. Chelsea losing to West Ham one nil. Aaron Cresswell, the only goal on the score sheet. Alex, yeah. I, how did? How did I mean, I kind of want to save the 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 real breakdown of this for when we get into the midweek games because Chelsea faced like a kind of similar challenge in uh, Aston Villa coming right. to the bridge on, at two thirty on on Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll get to that. But obviously disappointing. Liverpool got the win against Brighton. Uh, they should have been way more clinical. I'll talk about that when we get to the Everton game, but. Uh, the one stat I want to throw about Liverpool's 2-1 win over Brighton, this was the first time all year that Brighton had conceded a headed goal, and they gave up two in 24 minutes. I want to say that I, uh, yeah. I told Alex a couple weeks ago, uh, Virgil van Dijk was going to be scoring some goals in the next few games. And uh, Yeah, but that just seems like such a crapshoot. Like, that's the only way he's going yeah, to score and, goals. Yeah. It, uh, it just, just, I just looked at the next like, like five games that he frequently. had, and it just looks like he was going to be getting a lot of headed chances, a lot of set pieces. So, 
there's times when like teams play against certain teams and they have a lot of the ball and they end up getting, you know, 9, 10, 15 corners in a game and you score a lot of goals from those. So Is Allison's red card like a legitimate he's out for the next yeah. two games red card? Oh, one. just okay. one. Just, just one. one. Just one. Okay, that's weird. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> I heard just one. If not, I'm not really worried about. We we also didn't get to yeah. cover the Fabinho. I, also, Adrian's played a lot. He probably is used to playing in the team at this point. I'll we'll we'll talk about how Fabinho affects the team when we get to the Everton part of the podcast because I am worried about that. But we will trust me. I will get to that. Tottenham take uh, took down Bournemouth. Delhi Alley in the 21st. Also, that assist by the what isn't the assist, but the pass from Alderweireld to Son to Delhi Alley. Was let me say it was Virgil Van Dyke ask who's going to win the Ballon d'Or on Monday? He might not, but he should be earning the Ballon d'Or on Monday. Anyways, false, uh, definitely not. Messi deserves it every single time. But oh right, right. If they give it to VVD, right. it's, and how did, it's because how did of voter do, fatigue, and they just felt like they Javier, needed how did to give it to someone that, else because it's been um, ten years since. No, it's been thirteen years since they gave it to a defender. So how how did he do in that game at anfield do you, do you can you mention but that's how not that's not what he, the ballon d'or is given but for like, it's given for the best player in the calendar year and that's always messy so always ask ask just watch that what that's what van dyke says van dyke voted for messi van dyke didn't vote for himself yeah, because he's not an asshole because he's not cristiano and, and messi voted a, for mane human so, being. which is kind of cool yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, but call me. Look, all I'm saying is that call me when Lionel Messi bombs like a 60 yard pass off his foot at the Allianz Arena for Tassadio Mane, and then he puts uh, Manuel Neuer on his ass. Call uh, me when Messi does that. That's I will send you some a lot of clips. Yeah, I, I, I'm so sure that he has done that specifically <laughs> against Bayern Munich <laughs> to Sadio Mane. Yes, let's <laughs> get back over. Sorry, Ballon d'Or chat. Sorry, does that to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, anyways, Deli Ali, two goals. Musa Sissoko in the 69th. Nice. And then Harry Wilson, another sublime free kick, and then scored on the uh, in six minutes into stoppage time. Yeah, he came on, too. Um, I don't know why they didn't start with this guy. He's uh, he's just should be starting every game for Bournemouth. Like, come on, guys. Tottenham went up 3-0, though, and were cruising, and just, like, it was pretty comfortable. Yes, they were. Mourinho's got this Is anyone else uh, noticing a pattern? No one noticing a pattern yeah, they, here? They keep Three going up 3-0 in? and conceding two goals? Well, no, I mean, it's, that's happened twice. They didn't do that. But they've conceded two very lazy goals in all three of their but games. But they've won all their and, you games. Know, kind you've of seen the other pattern? They have, they, yeah, they have won them. Hence why, I told you to, hence why I told you to bet the Spurs with both teams to score. They're a oh, sloppy, uh, swashbuckling team. Mourinho's not parking any buses right now. But is anyone convinced they're going to keep that going for longer than... 10 games like Ole. Ooh. Come on, man. As soon as Mourinho hits a snag, as soon as he can stop playing the good guy Mourinho, high-fiving the ball boy, kissing him on the cheek. Like get at, get at Mourinho's tactics or what he wants to do with the team at all yet. I don't think you can like judge him on like... Oh, I think oh, no, this is I a know, great but... start considering how shit they were. I would love to just go win, yeah, win, yeah, win for right sure. now. They were like playing like Arsenal they're, right now and United. They're back That's what in I'm fifth. saying. They're, 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 there's nothing else you can ask right now. They're doing fantastic. The only way was up. Mourinho's. The only way was up. What do you mean the only way was like, up? They could have kept going. They weren't going to get worse. No, they weren't going to get worse. Just with Pochettino leaving with like a, that kind of natural shuffle and the new manager bounce that we talk about. They were always going to win these games like against good, not great teams. 
Like they don't like. We should have like let's wait. Norwich. Yeah, but Freddie Lumberg isn't Jose Mourinho. Yeah, also your squad is nowhere near as good as theirs. So yeah, Freddie's not even like, a coach. Yeah, this Tottenham, we've talked about this too. Tot this Tottenham team is better than the Manchester United team right now. We've this is a Tottenham team that just went to the Champions right. League final. I'm just Mourinho's I'm just waiting until like, after Christmas. Give me through Christmas. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I'm not ready to anoint them back. I'm not going to say they're, they're going to actually make the top four. If you watch they're this game, back. you you realize that they're back. They've played. He's managed them for three games. It, and their defense it doesn't matter. Like, like offensively, they're playing so much better than they have been under Poch this entire season. Uh, Deli Ali looks like a completely different player to what I've seen in the last fifty games for Deli Ali. Like it's been so it's, it's long. very basic. He's played though. Three so games long in, since I've seen he's played Ali three play games this in way. a week. He's played. It's I know. Three games I know. In a week. I know. It's, it's been Alex three games right. in a week, but we, it just—it it, it just feels like players like Dyer uh, just getting back into the team and playing well, and uh, Endembele played well in this game, and uh, he brought on Lacelso, who also looked good for the little bit. I don't know. They, they, they. He seems to be having the team in a good mood and clicking well, and um, it it feels like they're going to go on a little run here. Sure. I mean, I don't doubt that. It's not the run that I'm doubting. It's uh, when that run ends. Uh, the, the true test of Mourinho's tenure, whenever he goes anywhere, is when you hit the first snag. And when fin- things start to go wrong for the first time, if he's not able to like, like right the ship pretty much immediately, it can sort of snowball out of control from there. So, you know, I'm waiting for that first snag before I, uh, before I decide whether they're automatically just shoe-ins for like the top four conversation again. All right, let's go to Norwich, who drew with Arsenal at home. Timu Puki back on the score sheet. Aubameyang, Cantwell, and Aubameyang. Javier, I know you were lamenting that this is quite possibly the worst lineup you've ever seen. Yeah, man. I, I saw this lineup before the game, and I really just didn't even want to watch the game. It was um, I was so disinterested from the start because Unai Emery never dared start the five players that are were on this pitch that were just like, you just knew that any any team that had Mustafi, Kalasinic, Ozil, Xhaka, and who am I forgetting? Ozil. Are, are you link, are you link? No, are you linking David Luiz? Oh, David Luiz. Yes, and David Luiz, who's been disastrous. Right, this we season. got we got the, we got the the vaunted pairing of the, right of Luiz uh, Mustafi that I never thought I would ever see in the Premier League, and I mean, Freddie Lombard clearly. I, reads I don't understand how Twitter because there's no they, this was a troll. It was job. a troll job. This, it was a troll job. He played this, up this, all the shit players. He brought on Saka. That was the first sub he made. Not Nicolao Pepe, right? He brings on Saka, uh, then he brings on Torreira. I I don't understand what was going on. We need a manager like right now. That's what we need. Get Pochettino in. Give me Allegri. Give me Arteta. I'll take Arteta. I'll take anyone to be honest. Just get me a real fucking manager, not someone with no coaching badges like Freddie. Who, dude? If this was your credentials for showing, like, hey, maybe I should be a manager. No one's gonna fucking come get you. Like you just put Mustafi Ozil. That like oh my like how do you do that? Like, do you, did you, both, they, they were responsible for both of the goals. Ozil was a ghost the whole game, as usual. Mustafi was, he turned his back for the first goal. He turned his fucking back to the shot. Instead of, like, trying to block the shot like a defender should, he turned his back like a, like a wuss and just let the shot go on goal, and it went in. Um, and he was responsible for the second goal, too. Just wasn't tracking back. There was numerous times where he just let 
uh, like play attackers through in on goal. Leno made like five or six saves in this game in the second half to keep us from losing this game. Be really similar to the to the Southampton game last like, week. He where, saved like he saved us. You guys didn't really deserve to be in it. saved us from uh, like a humiliating scoreline. So. Yeah, just a shit day at the office. And as usual, Aubameyang with his usual fucking brace in a draw. Like, this guy is definitely not signing a new contract. He's going to try and get out of here, which I don't mind. Maybe we'll just sell him for $60, 70000000 million. And he's 30 years old, so, you know, maybe not the worst. Sound, sounds like it's time for him to go to home. Also, go home. Go back right. to Milan. Also, uh, both, uh, both Arsenal's goals, penalty that had to be retaken, and uh, corner kick. That deflected to Aubameyang. Yeah, just... Exactly. Shit. So, like, I'm just making the case here that, you know, it wasn't like flowing attacking football and creating a bunch yeah, of we chances for Arsenal a bunch either. Of we got shot on was, and got lucky to get a draw. It, again. it was rough. But I, I know you guys were just hey, joking about being when a I was troll like, job. That's but, why I bet Arsenal what? draw, remember? And you were like, ah, oh, you know. And yeah, then I predicted, right. but I, like, begrudgingly was predicting us getting that's a draw. That's why I told you the win. score draw. The, the score draw, but, Javier. That's yeah, the score draw. That. Yeah, yeah. Got, my, got that money. I know you guys. You guys joked around about it being like a troll job, but maybe this is just like Lundberg saying, this is all of those like five terrible players, like last chance. Here you go. And we're going to put it all on display for the fans. You know, we got nothing to lose from this game anyway. I'm not even a real manager or a real head coach. Uh, You've seen how bad they all are. Maybe he just completely like reshuffles it and none of those players are included like going forward. That'd be crazy Uh, if he does that. But then you can point to that Norwich game and the games that they uh, I would took be part like, in before th- that. Maybe that's a good job Emory. if he does that. You can I don't say, know. hey, he they, we, they had their them, chance. And then the next game he starts like completely different lineup and uh, switches things up. I'll be interested. But right now I've got no hope uh, with Freddie Lundberg. So it's going to be much more of that in the uh, in the preview for the midweek. Well, hopefully you guys hire a manager before that would be Everton awesome. do because uh, – because I think Everton be might be lining soon. up David Moyes as their next manager. I saw that. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's an Everton fan, and he that would like, be I don't uh, want that would it. I don't probably be a good like, fit. I mean, I right. he knows the club. He knows the Premier League. <laughs> He's going to guarantee awful. them safety, which that would be s- it would be an awful step. But I don't care. It's fucking yeah. I know. I'm just saying. Like you like, put yourself in the Everton fans' shoes. Like I can completely understand if they none of them want to go that direction, but they don't really have much of a choice well, at this point. Mark, I mean, well, let's talk about Everton. Who they they go up one nil on on Leicester City, and then they lose as Vardy scores again. How many games in a row is this? Uh, six, I believe. Six yeah. games in a row. Yeah, and then. Ianacho scores as well late as they get the winner. He's trying to break his own um, record is Marcos. Yep. Yes. Is Marco Silva a fraud? <laughs> I think so yeah, at this I, point, right? Yeah, I think the answer yeah, is he's kind has of a fraud. Yes he's kind of sucked at his last two jobs. I don't know how he do, went do you know what case I heard? to, to uh, Everton after being so shit at Watford. Well, do you know what the well, case the I heard FA recently? Final, right? uh, no, 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 he was wasn't last there year. then. Yeah, no, then how did he yeah, that get year. that job? I don't know. Well, because he came into the league uh, as coach of Hull, and he had been at Olympiacos coaching them in like the Champions League. So everyone thought Hull were getting like this, like great uh, like manager who was like making a step down to just to be in the Premier League, and he like gave them a big push to almost like get out of relegation. Bring him up. He'd been playing before that, but Harry Maguire. He gave like Harry Maguire his first like solid minutes minutes for Hull in like a back three. 
Uh, I think we had a who was that Ser- that Serbian winger Markovic. I think he had like Markovic as one of his best attacking players and Marko Lazarus and Grosicki. Yeah. Kap- remember the Grisicki, Polish winger? Yeah, he's Grisicki. still pretty good. He's still playing on the Polish yeah. team. So so he he was doing well with like a very bad team and like obviously wasn't able to save them from re- getting relegated. But they made a big push at the end of the season. Uh, took that Watford job, started really well there. But then when the Everton rumors started, it completely fell off a cliff and he got fired. But everyone kind of thought of him as like this, like broody, mysterious, like foreign Portuguese figure, and people thought like he was like a light version of like Jose Mourinho. That was seriously like like comparisons that are being thrown around. Obviously, they're completely ridiculous because he'd never won anything close to what Mourinho had. But it was it was like all this kind of like mystery with him, where he like didn't really say much. He seemed kind of like seemed like kind of a badass. He's like say very little and I don't know but everyone fell for it because he had like some good spells at Everton last year ultimately they could never keep anything consistent going and I mean in this Leicester game they really should have gotten a point at least like I thought they defended really well and like you could kind of make a case that there's like improvement here winner I'm sure right it was very last deserve a point in this game there was uh Ian Nacho came on uh got the assist and got the first goal um, sorry, got the goal and he got the assist of Vardy in the, in the for the first goal. So huge right. impact from him, and he was also really really lively after coming on. So that's a player. Which if he's that's making a, a big impact. Has not been a factor for Leicester at all, at all since right. he's been that's at the club. Right, that's a huge. But he just that's a huge influx a factor. of production. Like I, you know that I I used to love him and used to think so, so highly of him as a player, and he just hasn't produced at all. Uh, much like Renato Sanchez uh, over at Bayern Munich and. Yeah, he's another player that just like Ihanacho was brilliant at Manchester City, was playing, getting minutes under Pep, and then ever since he's left, has just, you know, fallen off a cliff. So you'd hope that, you know, maybe if he starts getting minutes at Leicester and under Brendan Rodgers, you could see this, uh, you know, being a, a, a partnership with Vardy that could uh, could produce, you know, a, a lot more goals this season and continue the continue the goals because I was thinking like Vardy's going to dry up at some point, but if you get another striker like this going that I didn't really think, you know, was going to be a factor this year coming out of nowhere, then yeah, that could be huge for them. All right, Manchester United drew with Aston Villa two two. Jack Grealish with an absolute screamer, an own goal from Heaton, Lindelof with a nice goal off a set piece, and Tyrone Mings moments later. Villa Villa should have won. Yeah, Villa should have won. <laughs> How bad? But- how bad is that Manchester United midfield of Ander Pereira, um, Juan Mata, and... It's bad. Fred. It's bad, but we can't be surprised. Javier, that was the main talking point we had on Friday, that Villa's midfield right now is just better. I realized the player that... I was talking about all like the midfield options Villa had on Friday, and I couldn't remember John McGinn for some reason. And even when I forgot him, there were still a bunch of other great names on the list. Like, Horahan's been playing really well. Grealish obviously played as more of a, a forward in this game, but he drops into midfield and is helps them just get more control. And then obviously Douglas Louise, Nakamba, and then you add McGinn to the mix. Like that's a better midfield than what Man United has right now without Pogba. Maybe when Pogba's back and they have more of a chemistry with him and McTominay and whoever the third player uh, ends up being in that midfield, like Maybe then, sure, because Pogba's obviously McCullough a class above any of those two best midfielders. I think without them, this midfield yeah. is just the midfield has no talent. You know, 
but they have no yeah, one who can carry the ball forward. Because those two are the players that, like, McTominay and Pogba are the two players who can find space, get by a player or two, and, you know, Pogba not so much defending. McTominay obviously does that, and Pogba more offensively. But without those two, I think there's a very lackluster, uh, like an old Huamata trying to do, uh, you know, the creative role and you know, having Fred do the defensive role instead of kind of be the the link between the two is, yeah, pretty disastrous. And you saw it in this game because they didn't have control in the midfield and they conceded a lot of chances and they weren't really able to get their game going. Um, I thought Villa were really good again. They've, they played to the level of their opposition pretty much every game so far this year. Other than the one game they got blown out, um, they've been really, really good. So they, uh, it's really hard to figure out who's going to get relegated this year. You're probably not going to be able to call it for a while. Yeah, it's going to be a long haul. All right, here's the way I look at United right now and what I've seen. They need a player of the stature of what Virgil van Dijk brought to Liverpool. But they need that in the midfield. They don't need a – I mean, they could use another center back, but there are worse combinations in the league than Maguire and Lindelof. Who who would you sign – to play midfield for Manchester United, they could fix they, it. They needed someone like a Bruno Fernandes, who they tried to go get in the window, but... I don't think that's it. I think they need someone either further I mean, back I think they the need someone like a talisman someone to kind like of play that, in the engine. Um, well, no, the, okay, so it seems like two different conversations. Is it like, like, Liverpool, I'd argue, needed someone in more of that, like, leadership role, uh, like... Then uh, I mean, and United need the same thing. They just need two players, both in midfield and defense. But I think if you're looking just to fill that sort of leadership role, uh, to like grab everyone else by the scruff of the neck and drag drag them along, then that player is Koulibaly. Like he's the only one in the world that I think of as like kind of can uh, do something similar to what Van Dijk has done in the Premier League. Oh. I'm not saying defensively. I'm saying they I know. need a player I'm saying, who's going to have that level of I'm impact. I'm saying there's no one like that midfield. that they can sign for their midfield right now. So the next best thing they can do is get someone for midfield because they need to do it anyway. Uh, hope Pogba doesn't leave. If Pogba leaves, then you automatically have to go get like a, a, a big-time replacement for him. Uh, but then like Koulibaly is the only one who's going to help like shore up that defense like even greater and be like, you can see uh, a champions league or league winning side having like a back two of Koulibaly and Harry Maguire. That's like a start. I'm not saying it's automatically going to win the league right away, but if you have Wambasaka, Maguire, Koulibaly and whoever they play at left back, they probably need to go get someone there too. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to be done at United. I don't think there's any sort of like one player you can throw in and say he fixes everything. Oh, I don't. I don't think that either. I'm just saying, like, what would be the first piece? So, assuming Pog believes, I I think Milinkovic Savic from Lazio, that's probably the one you go get. Uh, I might be missing he someone. Been, I might be missing someone. I'm not sure. He, yeah. I mean, could you go to like Juventus and try to raid somebody out of their packed midfield, or could you go to like Madrid are kind of only okay in midfield, like. There's, there's got to be somebody. But Maybe Rakitic I'm, I'm from Barcelona. Sure he's probably going to leave soon. He's too. too he's old. not. He's like he's thirty just, or thirty-one. He's like coming to the end no. of it. But he's, he's yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to think of those kinds of players, like the ex Real Barca players that you're, you're you're thinking of. Rakitic is Rakitic is thirty-one. And it'll be thirty-two in March. Okay. I mean, he hasn't. And dipped. like a I lot of Barca fans are, 
a lot. I, I disagree. Like a lot of Barca fans are just killing him online because I mean they have other options in midfield and like they're not like imagine if they had been able to sign. Um, who's the IX kid who went to Barca? Dion. Uh, I mean, Dion, Frankie Dion. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if they'd been able to sign a player like Dion at Manchester United. That's who yeah, I, I mean, was the, thinking. The, Obviously, a player like that would be someone who'd be able to change, but. I mean, they could go sign someone like, um, I don't know, from maybe Leipzig's midfield or Dortmund or a team like that and get, you know, pay 50, 60 million, get, get, get someone like a Nabi Keita, um, you know, like Haidara and, uh, on Leipzig or, um, you know, maybe, uh, I, I don't know, someone like that. Obviously, they need a player like that, uh, a high energy player who can do the defensive dirty work. Um, and there aren't many of them in the world. Uh, you know, they're, they're few and far between. That's why a player like Fabinho or like uh, Ingolo Conte is so invaluable to a team because, um, you know, Fernandinho, th- those players add so much and they're so few and far between because there's few players who, you know, really want to do the midfield work offensively and defensively. It's, it's, it's so hard to find someone who's willing to do both sides of the game and do it well. So United don't have that player. Um, I think McTominay was like the closest thing to it. You know, still getting a couple goals from midfield and really good defensively, so I think they really, really miss him right now. Well, that's clear. All right, let bring that ends our recap section of the pod. We're gonna get ahead and look at some of the games coming up this weekend or coming up this week. We got a couple big ones: Liverpool, Everton, Manchester United, Tottenham, but Burnley, Manchester City. Man City is just gonna come back and 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 win this game like two 0 right? Like they're just they're just gonna beat Burnley. It's it's like nothing ever happened, or is this going to be? Oh, sure. How sure? What, what happened with Burnley this weekend? They lost. I had them to win too. I don't want to talk about it. I only went two and three this week. Who'd, yeah. Who'd they lose to? Why am I blanking on that? I watched their highlights. They lost to Crystal Palace. Oh, right, Palace. They lost to Crystal Palace. Palace take another scalp. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to say. I, we can't go into any game anymore just assuming Manchester City is going to have uh, eight or nine out of ten performance and and score three or four goals. It, I mean, it's obviously perfectly reasonable to suggest that could happen, but you know, Burnley away is a pretty similar yeah, say, style of fixture to Newcastle away. Like you know, they don't usually go to Burnley and kill them. They usually win one or two nil, maybe a two one or something. But it's not. It's not a ground that they've just gone to and just like wiped Burnley aside at. So yeah, it, it's it, it's gonna, it's gonna be a really really tough game. I think it's gonna be like, like two one city, like yeah, really fucking probably. hard. And they don't have Aguero. I think they're gonna struggle. Like I don't. I haven't liked the the defensive lineups that Pep's been putting out. The guy's been doing some crazy experiments with his back line. So and I think that until they go out and get a, a real center back, uh, they're gonna be in some trouble because. Even the center backs they have, like Laporte's not going to play for the rest of the season. So Otamendi and Stones, those aren't like good enough. With Fernandino's not a center back. If they keep playing him, no. do you know what's annoying about that? To, they're going to concede a lot of goals. Do you know what's most annoying about that Fernandino center back thing is that you've seen it for like short spurts. Like you've seen it for like a game here and there. Like that Chelsea game, he might have been the best player on the field, legitimately. He was so good as a center back and just stepping into midfield and breaking everything up. But it's obviously a very different matchup to going to Newcastle and going to Burnley. So, yeah, it might you might see them. Uh, I mean, Burnley are going to absolutely pick on that back line in terms of trying to win set pieces in dangerous areas. And yeah, you just hook uh, some balls up into Fernandinho. See how he does. You know, 
It's actually yeah, not a bad it's, strategy. It's an issue. All right. Manchester City result, both the scores at plus 170, just because that seems to be the favorite bet on this podcast. Um, yeah, add some spice Chelsea to it. Take, yeah, Chelsea takes on Aston Villa. Alex, I know you were disappointed in the West Ham game, but you are getting a little bit of a similar opponent in, in Aston Villa. How do you? How confident do you think that Chelsea can kind of turn this around, especially with no Tammy Abraham? And obviously they started Olivier Giroud on Saturday and not Mishi Batshuayi, which is what I think all of us were thinking. Yeah, so the yeah, so Tammy Abraham obviously uh, wasn't available for that Saturday game, but he he, he might be available for the, the, the Villa game um, with that hip injury. And like you said, with Giroud coming in, there was just a whole lot missing in terms of like mobility and ability to press uh, from the front with Giroud and Pedro. Uh, as part of the starting team on Saturday, that I, I anticipate isn't going to be uh, isn't going to exist for this Villa game on Wednesday. So that's one question that you can kind of answer with two players being replaced by. I think Mishi will start if Tammy's not one hundred percent fit, and maybe bring Tammy on later, and then William will come back into the lineup for sure. We also didn't have Ngolo Kante Saturday. Frank was like trying to rest him for the like the busy period, just trying to make sure that those those injuries that plagued him for the first like two months of the season don't flare up again um and so that's obviously another big boost like mason mount and pulisic were probably two of our best attacking players on saturday but they just couldn't consistently like do it enough to to to, to break the deadlock and, and and take one of the numerous chances we created in the first half so i mean if we go back to that midfield three of kovacic Jorginho, kante Facing this Villa midfield that I just was like full of praise for, I think we win that battle with those three, and I think we have enough uh, with Pulisic, Willian, and and even Mishi up top. Though I have been kind of critical of him lately, I think we have enough with those players that we can control this game more than uh, Villa are used to. Like I don't think you're seeing the same level of control from Aston Villa at Stamford Bridge that you saw just the other day on Saturday. They'll score, and it'll be a really tough game, and it might even be another high-scoring draw like this United game was, like a 2-2. Uh, but I think Chelsea are going to be are going to look a lot better on on Wednesday did on, than they did on Saturday. There was some na- na- naivety, naivety. <laughs> Na- this is your first yeah. quote unquote bad run of the season though. Two losses and a draw. No, the the games. start to the season was the first bad run of the oh, season. The four nil. The four nil. Yeah, we we had a four 0 loss to United. We drew Leicester at home, which doesn't look that bad now. Uh, and then we you drew, drew Sheffield, Sheffield at home after having bad. a two goal lead. Right, so yeah, that, that was a bad, bad run to start. To yeah, honest. sure, but it was still a two goal lead at home that we gave up in the second half. So you know, it, no matter who you're playing against, that stings. So that was the first bad run. This is the second bad run. Now I'm just hoping we can turn it around. I'm just hoping we can just like get a win no matter how like rough it looks and just, you know, kind of get a little momentum going back into Christmas. It's all about momentum. Let's jump over. Lester Watford, who fired their manager again. I think that one uh, should be pretty clear cut. I don't think we're going to – I think Lester should maybe give Watford a good old-fashioned spanking, maybe 2-3-0. Maybe three, four. Yeah, I think do you guys three, do you guys remember the last manager three, that had or the last club that had three managers in one season? Uh, Sunderland was that? No, it was after no. Sunderland. It was West Brom two years ago. Oh, <laughs> they started with what's his name, Poulos. They went to Alan Pardew, and he like won one game in twenty. And then they had uh, what's his name, uh, 
Darren Moore, uh, who I almost, who almost saved that them. season. Right, because they got eighth the year before. Swansea almost did that too. Or yeah, they might have. They might have actually done Rangers. it too, like the, the year before that. So the year they got relegated. The common they, thread they, here. They the common thread here is that all those teams get relegated. So maybe it's time yeah. to say goodbye to Watford. Yeah, Q yeah. boys I was to a year men. Early on them. I was a year early on them because I had them to get relegated last year. Yeah, and, and it was like one of their best seasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manchester United take on Tottenham. Mourinho returning to his former club. First, first return to old to, to Old Trafford for him. I think Spurs should win this. Like really, the Spurs. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. United have been pretty good at home against. Uh, this has draw written all over teams. it. Yeah, I think it has draw written on it too. I think like a one-one or a two-two draw is uh, probably one-one. It's probably going to be a tight game. I I don't see see this being like a lot of chances. Um, Spurs played pretty open against Bournemouth, and I don't think they're going to feel be like able to Mourinho will definitely have a little bit United. more cautious against like knowing this team really well. He might just have some like sick game plan though to beat United, knowing that knowing how that he was the uh, the coach. There's also no Pogba to worry about. Like who in that midfield is going to challenge Deli Alley and Ndombele and Sissoko and whoever the fuck else he played? Who's McTominay? Is McTominay games? back? No, is McTominay back for United I yet? He's, I think he was out. I don't know. He didn't play in the last game, so until he comes back, they're in big trouble. If you want to know what I think of United, just pretty much check the injury list, and if the only midfielders they have are Pereira and and Fred, like I'm not picking a United win, that's for sure. But yeah, maybe they can squeeze a draw out of this. Uh, it just seems like two teams, two Spider-Man, uh, it's just a, the Spider-Man meme of the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other, two teams that just don't want anything to do with the ball. I'll take a draw, just like but I really don't want uh, Tottenham to win. I think they'd get a lot of momentum from a win. McTominay might be back, but he's not going to be 100%, even if he is back. I still think Spurs can overwhelm them. I think they can win 2-1. Or maybe three one, I think I do think United will get on the score sheet maybe first, but then Spurs will turn it around. I don't know. I I, I think Spurs. I, I kind of like Spurs to win this one. I really do. And since I'm on the internet and in front of the gambling website that we use, that result to score for Spurs is plus three seventy right now. Yeah, there's a reason it's, it's plus three seventy. You should probably take the score draw and just see what you can get out of that. Plus three. Exactly. That's way better. That's a far better gamble you get almost you get pretty similar odds and i mean yeah you go for glory if you really want to andrew but if you're if you're trying to be smart i'd bet the score I might, draw i might just i might just bet both okay because i'll easily make my money back on as long as it's a score draw or spurs win and both teams score everton take on liverpool at liverpool this game was gritty as hell last year this game was bullshit we yeah, this game was bullshit. It was awesome. It was the, that was the beginning of the legend. That was the launch of Divock Origi becoming a, an all-time Liverpool legend was the Merseyside Derby last year. The birth year. of Kloppage time. <laughs> yes, the the true birth of Kloppage time. Now, no Allison for sure. No Fabinho and in a game like this, I'm not overly concerned about not having Fabinho because Jordan Henderson can cover. And we'll, I thought Oxlade-Chamberlain did a really good job in midfield. We should have beaten Brighton 4-0. They absolutely 
took their foot off the gas instead of putting their foot on the throat of Brighton. And I really hope Klopp just hammers that home to them because they've got a like they've done that a couple times this year. They did that against Leipzig. They were up three nothing against Leipzig. Took the foot off the gas. Leipzig came back and, and oh, you mean Salzburg? And we, Salzburg. Yes. Look uh, at you yes, mixing up I your mean, Red yes. Bulls. Yeah, it happens. I like it's it's a problem, man. I like both the 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 sugar free version and the regular version. You know, like it's really tough to keep it. You know, the the blues are only a slightly different color, but. We shouldn't lose to Everton at all. We should beat Everton. Do I think Everton can score on us? Yes. I'm not worried about Adrian, but just our back line's been exposable at times. We'll still win. I kind of like it. I would love to see we go up 3-0 and then Everton like pull one back. I don't think we're getting a clean sheet I want the Liverpool clean sheet for my fantasy team. You guys need to stop fucking conceding. I think you've had one clean sheet this season. Two. Two. What the hell? Burnley and Sheffield and Burnley and Sheffield. That's it. Uh, I know for a fact that the Liverpool result in both the scores plus one seventy five. I will be betting that. That is my official bet of the week. I will be betting the Liverpool result in both to score until it stops working. Like I'm on that train. Like when was like seriously like the only like there's it, it's only not hit in like three games this year. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's been literally money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So take it. I, we're not going to lose. We're not going to drop points to Everton. We're going to beat Everton. I know they drew us last year, but we have the opportunity to make sure Marco Silva gets fired. Yeah. Let's just take a shot. Uh, at that point, you should just you should just draw just to let him stick around for a little bit longer and you know let it devolve further. You know, you know, think think the long con, Andrew. Uh, but what's bigger for the city of Liverpool? What would we celebrate more, Premier League or Everton? Imagine the Liverpool winning the Premier League and Everton getting relegated in the same year. Uh, I. I, I don't. I think you'd see a lot of Everton fans quit their jobs and move. Like, just they just would never be heard from again because they'd be going to work the next day with like their Liverpool supporting friends. You'd just be like, I can't do this. I have. To, I have to leave town. I have to move to another city, move to another country, whatever. We're never hearing from any of them ever again. Um, but the the, mid, the midfield issue. Uh, I know you said Henderson can drop in there. I, I think Wijnaldum is probably like the more likely or like the better fit to do kind of mimic what Fabinho was doing. And when Adam was doing that for a big chunk of the early part of last season, when they were playing really well defensively, I think this, is, this has to be the time for either Nabi Keita or more likely Oxley Chamberlain to like step in and, you know, prove that they can uh, start like a run of games. I mean, as long as Oxley Chamberlain doesn't get, get it like injured after like four or five of those, like he usually does. Um, but you know, uh, Henderson at the right side of the midfield three central defensive, most defensive midfielder is Wijnaldum. And that third one is Oxley Chamberlain. You don't lose much with that midfield. If anything, you might like improve going forward as long as you have the, the main front three. So it's, it's, it's not as big of a loss like right away. And I think the, the biggest bonus you guys have is that at least from the reports I've seen said that Fabinho should be back around new year. So like a month out, obviously for a big part of the year. So it's, it's not all all like good it's like 10 matches yeah but it's 10 matches like really close to each other where another team can gain momentum if it does happen to go wrong so it's it's not ideal but at the same time it, when i saw ligament damage i thought he might be out for the rest of the year so you know it could, it could be worse it's gonna be the the toughest game in this run is salzburg away because they have to win that and leicester away oh yeah other than that other than that, Bournemouth, Watford, Villa in the League Cup, Club World Cup, which I don't give a fuck about, West Ham, 
Leicester and Wolves. And then they come back and they host Sheffield on the first, the, the second of January. And then they have Spurs the week later on the, the 11th. And then they have United the week after that. I mean, there could be League Cup semifinals in there too if they do, if the U23 is Villa, <laughs> But we'll see. Uh, last game that we want to take a look at Arsenal taking on Brighton at the Emirates. Woohoo. <laughs> are they giving you? Are you going to pick them to are win? Are they giving you till Thursday? Are they them to win? No, they're giving you till Thursday to get a new manager. Hey, That's why you guys, guys are playing on Thursday. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if we get a new manager, I'll be more excited for this game. But, like, I don't know what the fuck to think. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what lineup Lundberg's going to put out. If he puts out anything resembling what he put out this weekend, we are not fucking getting anything. Like, we might get a draw from the game. Okay, guys, hammer the Brighton draw. Let's, right. let's go. I mean, let's get fully on the like, bandwagon. We were supposed to win all of these games. We have a hard run coming at the end of December and into January. So You have a hard run coming? You haven't won in eight games. This was supposed to be You've our fucking a hard easy run. run, bro. I was saying to Alex, like, oh, if we win all of these games, don't give us You're any credit. You're saying on this podcast. Right, don't give us any credit because if we were winning all these games, this was the easy games that we were supposed to be winning. And we didn't win any of them. So to say I'm a little bit worried for Arsenal this season is an understatement. But I don't have much to say about this other than, I mean, I hope that they attack us and it's an open game and maybe we'll win like 3-2. No way we keep a clean sheet, but, you know, because there's no way he's he's probably playing. I doubt he plays Mustafi, but I'm sure he's still going to play like Ozil. He seems to love him, so... Not excited One to game. keep seeing fucking Ozil playing. One game. Okay. He played him the whole goddamn game. Would you... Didn't take him off till like the 85th okay? minute. When he was dreadful. Would you be okay with Arsenal missing Europe completely? No, in no shape, way, or form year. would I ever want that to happen. You wouldn't want them to not have midweek games for a majority no. of the season so that they can like rest up and just focus no, on the Premier League? never. And that's how Chelsea won the league no, under Conte. And I mean, I, well, I don't think we're like close to winning the league and I, we have to make champions league this year. It's, it's been like three years now and we need to, uh, well, we need to either but... win Europa or get top four. So if we get Pochettino, it can happen. I believe I can, don't, I don't believe even, in the Pochettino. Uh, Andrew, don't even address it. Don't even address it. Don't even address it. We're just going to ignore it. Just He's let not him live in his own little fantasy land. Just let him live in his own little fantasy land, and then happen, when he gets, guys. I don't know. Happen. You heard it here first. Alex, we're, Alex, we're going to sell him the best bridge in Brooklyn later this year on the podcast. <laughs> like, I've got a really nice one. He's going to enjoy it so much. Um, all right. That about wraps it up. Uh, here on the ghost gold podcast i appreciate everybody listening look forward to the midweek games so much it's the holidays there's more soccer on god bless america we have nothing to do with there being more soccer on but we need all that we can get follow us on social media at ghost gold pod at asmos 92 at javier rev 9 and at andrew pissarro um i'm gonna try to throw up some type of gambling blog so if you're into that type of thing Head on over to the Ghost Gold Pod Twitter. Until next time. Bye.